Coming out of their day off on Thursday, the Mariners are back at it to host the Astros for the second time this season at T-Mobile Park. We'll get you set for the weekend series and also talk about the notable roster move Seattle made yesterday here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, May 27, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Hedding Gonzalez, reporter and editor over at allseahawks.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez is D-A-N-E-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics, whereas Lockdown Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with the M's. We also get into some non-baseball discussions on control the zone as well. It's fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it we're going to be getting into uh the latest roster move the mariners made which is pretty noteworthy they also made a corresponding move today so we'll get into that a little bit we're uh also going to be talking a little bit about a player that was recently dfa'd that colby likes for the mariners uh, but first, let's get into the series that is starting tonight between the Astros and the Mariners. Um, I've calmed down a little bit after Wednesday, after Wednesday's uh, series loss to the A's, but uh, it's still, you know, not a great time right now watching the Mariners. They are nine games out of 500. They are last place in the American League West, and the first place Astros are coming to town. They are 29 and 16. Obviously, guys like Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, they continue to do their thing. And uh, this is going to be a pretty difficult series for the uh, for the Mariners to uh, to survive. Uh, there is a very real possibility here that the Mariners, at the end of this, by Monday, by the next time that we get on the show, are 12 games under 500. And we talked about why that is a massive, massive, massive problem on Wednesday's episode, our last episode of Locked On Mariners. And uh, the pitching matchups are not really favorable for the Mariners either. They get Justin Verlander tonight, who they've really struggled against uh, in two starts to start this season. Uh, And they are countering with Chris Flexen. Then it's Jose Urquidy going on the bump for the Astros tomorrow with Logan Gilbert going for the Mariners. That's probably their most favorable matchup. Talking about the Mariners, that is. And uh, and then Marco Gonzalez versus Luis Garcia on Sunday. I believe that will be the first time the Mariners are seeing Garcia this year. Um, so, yeah, Colby. Um, this is a pretty daunting matchup for the Mariners, considering the way that they're struggling right now and uh, coming off of a series loss to the A's of all teams, one of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, uh, anything less than a sweep is is a win for the Mariners, right? Sadly, yes. Um, <clears throat> this is why it would seem so important to get at least two or three from Oakland, so that you can, um, even if you get swept, you know it's it's it wouldn't be a disaster. You'd still be two and four um, mm. heading out onto the road trip. But now uh, you get swept. You go one and five at home after going four and six on the road. After going, I don't know what was it like two and seven on the last homestand. Like it just it starts to pile up and it just becomes 
you get to a point where you can play fantastic baseball for the rest of the year and you've just filled up the hole you've dug yourself and you've barely started to build up the other side um, before you just run out of time. So um, they have to find a way to, to win one of these games. It's certainly not ideal, um, but they win one of these games and they're 10 games under as opposed to 12. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big swing if they can find a way to win one of these uh, but like you said, it's the pitching matchups. They're not your friend, but, um, you know, the Mariners don't really care what the pitching matchups are because they beat Max Scherzer and, and Kevin Gossman, yeah. their number four, in the same week. So while losing to the A's, three, four, and five. So, so yeah, it's we'll see what happens. But, yeah, you can't feel too good with Verlander on the bump tonight. He's been great uh, against everybody, but particularly the Mariners. So. Yeah. yeah, it's not looking good. I'm I, I'm interested to see uh, Julio Rodriguez versus Justin Verlander in particular because the first matchup, obviously, Julio looked completely, utterly overmatched against Verlander. Then the second matchup looked a little bit better. Didn't he have a single in that game? I I, I can't remember, but he uh, he he didn't strike out a bunch. That's really the the important part there. He didn't look as overmatched the second time. So now getting to see Verlander a third time. I mean, outside of Scherzer, Verlander is probably the best pitcher that uh, starting pitcher that is that that Julio's had to face so far, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he kind of adjusts. Um, in general, I you know I would assume that the lineup is going to be pretty similar to what we saw in the last two games against the A's with Winker leading off, maybe Frazier hitting third again uh, with uh, with France in between, and then Julio hitting cleanup, etc. Uh, considering where this lineup is and the, and the injuries that have been sustained and everything, are there, uh, I, I mean, other than that lineup that they put together, is, is there maybe like a better way to approach that? Cause I know that, you know, you've wanted Winker in the, uh, in the leadoff spot for a while. They're now doing that. That's the one spot that he's been consistently really good in wherever he's played. Um, but aside from that, are there any other changes you would make to this lineup right now? Yeah, it's there's really not a lot you could do because guys just have to hit better. I mean, it, there's yeah a certain element of like you're just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. There, there's nothing mm-hmm. that you can do until you stop, you know, taking on water. So, um, yeah, guys have to hit better, and you know, we we did see JP start to swing it a little bit in the Oakland series. Um, Julio was was pretty good in the Oakland series, obviously. Uh, you know, Winker looked a little bit better, but eh, Ty France continues to hit. Frazier had a really bad series, so um, you just ultimately you need guys to hit better, and, and yeah, it's nice that Lewis is there, and it's nice that you know you can kind of you know lengthen the lineup a little bit uh, by having him in there. In theory, tonight we'll see how he's feeling after playing back to back days, even after the off day. Um, mm. But yeah, the guys just have to hit better. You need you need more consistency from Adam Frazier, who's kind of been up and down, up and down. You need Winker to look like he's looked for his entire career, with the exception of these six weeks. And and if you if those things start to happen, Julio finds some kind of level. Uh, obviously, he won't be a three fifty hitter uh, for the rest of the year. But if you can find you know just be solid average, have Kyle Lewis be solid average, uh, then the order that they hit in really not going to matter all that much. Um, they right. just they have to hit. And unfortunately, there's not enough of them hitting right now that there's no like 
magic like well those three guys have to be together because they have to all hit like you know what i mean it just it doesn't really exist yeah. because on a night-to-night basis there usually aren't three guys who are swinging the bat really well in the mariners lineup so guys just have to hit better yeah you know there's been a conversation on twitter the last couple of days of like who's who's to blame for the mariners recent struggles and and right now you know there's a lot of people pointing the fairy, uh, finger at Jerry. There's a lot of people pointing the finger at Scott Service and his staff. There's a lot of people pointing the finger at John Stanton and the ownership group. But really, I think it's more, you know, it, it comes down to really two key things. One, players are just not performing, as you said. Guys are just not hitting. Guys like Jesse Winker, who last year, you know, in, in this offseason we sung the praises of after they got him, is, you know, was one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Uh, he hasn't performed anywhere close to that this year. Um, you know, Adam Frazier has been kind of streaky. Uh, J.P. Crawford has been kind of streaky. A. Eugenio Suarez has been really streaky, right? And then you got a couple of guys who are really like true, you know, two outcome, three outcome hitters where it's like, all right, you know, this guy is only, you know, he's only going to strike out or he's going to hit a bomb here. There's you know, like guys like Taylor Trammell right now who are in the lineup and have a 50-50 split walks and and strikeouts right now um through three games and you know that's just and then you know the 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 other key thing here as well is is the lack of depth and that kind of goes into uh the discussion about the bottom of this lineup and having you know multiple black holes at the bottom of your lineup for the most part because you know they've sustained injuries with Haniger and, and Murphy most prominently and they don't have the depth to survive that to withstand that and so you're you're seeing this all kind of come together where there's a lot of streaky hitters and there's which we've seen through and through already here through the first month and a half it's it's pretty common for a lot of these guys to to go on a you know a one week hot streak and then just fall apart for the next 10 days. And so you you pair that with the lack of depth and and this team is just it's not conducive to scoring runs uh consistent with any sort of you know consistency on a nightly basis so you know who knows who knows how it's going to go tonight tomorrow and the next day uh against the astros they this team could very well explode and you know like even with the way that they're playing i would not be surprised if somehow they found a way to take two or three from the astros but the more likely scenario here of course is that they're going to get absolutely obliterated because on paper that's what that suggests. Uh, this matchup, this is just an awful matchup for them right now, where they currently are, and and just they they're not playing with a ton of confidence either either right now, and nor should they really be, you know, playing with any sort of confidence because they've just they've been beaten down uh, over this uh, you know last month or so. So, you know, hopefully uh, the off day uh, you know allowed them to to maybe reset and. Um, you know, who knows if there was, uh, you know, kind of how last year that we, we heard about, you know, there was like clubhouse meetings and impromptu player meetings and stuff like that. And maybe there's been something like that to maybe build up the energy back in that clubhouse. But overall, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a rough time right for the Mariners. So, uh, the, um, there was a player recently DFA'd that you're interested in. We're going to be talking about him in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been asking and Built Delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. 
These are so different from the bars and the puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So go to built.com to get to get built granola bars now. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. There are recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So, Let's um let's dive into this player that you're um uh, you're pretty intrigued by. Yu Chang um of the Cleveland Guardians was recently DFA'd. He was a former uh well-regarded prospect in that system. Uh he's an infielder, can play multiple spots, uh just hasn't been able to hit at the major league level. Uh but tell me why you're uh, you're interested in him for the Mariners. Have you seen Dylan Moore play? Um Next segment, but um, no, it you uh, you Chang uh, was actually pretty good in uh, 2021 relative to his role and relative to what the Mariners are currently getting out of kind of that utility infield role where they're not even willing to use Sam Haggerty. Dylan Moore is a dumpster fire of a hitter at the plate and not that good of a right fielder either. Um, and you just kind of look at what you Chang did last year, he was 75th percentile, max exit velo, 81st percentile. In sprint speed, 86th percentile, and outs above average. Um, you know, the overall numbers don't look great in 250 plate appearances. About half a year, give or take. Uh, he hit uh, 14 doubles, three triples, nine home runs. Uh, hit 228 with a 267 on base and a 426 slug. I know there are people out there who like to gatekeep improvement and say that's not a big enough improvement. But, again, I refer you to Dylan Moore's numbers. Um and you tell me that that wouldn't be a big improvement. Uh, he can play second, short, third base. He's even played some first base. Pretty good base runner. He does have some power. Uh, the 426 slug is is pretty nice. Uh, does strike out a little too much, which is you know part of the issue, part of the reason why he was DFA'd. He does not have any options left either, so you have to carry him um, for the rest of the – well, as long as you want to carry him. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not like you can stash him in AAA, but hey, you know who you could stash in AAA? Dylan Moore. So yeah, I just I feel like this guy is better than Dylan Moore. I feel like there's still some upside here. He's also got some of the traits that Jerry uh, really likes. He's a former, not top prospect, but he is a former legitimate prospect, let's say, um, who has produced fairly well in the minor league level. Um, he's a good athlete. He is got some power, some right-handed power, and he feels like a guy that the Mariners might be able to help overall. So what do I want you, Chang? Well, first of all, he's not Dylan Moore. Second of all, the Mariners might actually be able to get something out of their utility spot. Uh, and, you know, he's got some right-handed power, which is nice to come off the bench. Uh, he's a pretty good base runner, adds some speed to the bench as well. So, I just look at what the Mariners have currently on their bench, 
Mike Ford, Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, those are, those are, with all due respect, those are nobodies. Like, there's a 0% chance any of those guys are long-term answers for the Mariners. Uh, and there is a, albeit small, chance. Uh, there is a chance, nonetheless, that uh, Yu Chang could be could develop himself into a nice role with the Mariners. Maybe so the way Aledmus Diaz has kind of played his way into mm-hmm. a, a role with the Houston Astros. So that, that's why I'm interested in Yu Chang. I just feel like he's represents a significant upgrade to the bench. And whether it's Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty or, or even Mike Ford, I feel like you're better off with Chang on your on your bench than you are any of those guys. So another thing to note here on Chang is that he's only played in 12 total games this year between AA, AAA, and uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, so he hasn't had time to get ramped up. And doing a little bit of research here uh, while you were talking, he went on the COVID list on April 15th and was not activated from it until May 13th. So nearly yeah. an entire month on the COVID list. Not sure if that was entirely because of COVID or or there was another injury there. Um, but that's also something to kind of keep in mind here is if he was dealing with kind of a, an extended bout with COVID, how that might impact him the rest of the way here and impact him physically. Uh, so uh, just something to keep in mind there. If if you are adding Chang is like, he, he's going to need time to get ramped up here because he hasn't played much this season. So, uh, and but yeah, I mean like, had to add it. You had to add it. Uh, just, so yeah, okay. it's an interesting shot, though. It's an interesting shot, though. If you're if you want to take, um, I mean, because you need to try something here, right? Like the the current group of players that you have right now is just not working, uh, particularly with your bench guys. And um, you know, it, it's not uh, it's not great. It's not uh, you know, Chang isn't you know, there isn't really a lot of uh, promise uh, necessarily, but it's just it's a shot, and it's not going to cost you really anything to to get him. So, right again, I refer you to the current Mariners bench and look at their numbers. Yeah, so might as well just take the shot, quite frankly, um, and see see if you can get something out of him. See if maybe you change the scenery and see if you you know you can implement a plan there with him that gets him back on track and and just roll with it because you know like you said he he is a talented player uh and you know and again a former highly regarded prospect um you know if, if there's still talent there that can be tapped into potentially there and so uh and the mariners have been um you know pretty pretty solid at, at doing that with certain guys and uh raising players floors raising players ceilings and um you know, going from there, and they've gotten some uh, some pretty nice contributions out of guys like that. So you never know; it's always it's always worth just kicking the tires in uh, in these situations. Yeah. So we'll see if they do that. Uh, the Mariners also made a uh, a roster move yesterday that was pretty notable, and they've made a corresponding move uh, today uh, that goes along with that. So we are going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wager information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. So the Mariners have option uh, Drew Steckenrider. Right-hand reliever down to AAA Tacoma. Obviously, uh, last few outings for Steckenrider have been a struggle. He has been nowhere near 
as productive as he was last year, uh, which is kind of tied into uh, a, a lot of the <laughs> returning relievers for the Mariners this year as well. That's that's kind of been uh, kind of been the trend here, unfortunately. Uh, thankfully, Paul Seawald has been able to avoid most of that regression. He's been, you know, he's had a couple of uh, rough outings here and there, but for the most part, Seawald has been solid. Sergio Romo has been solid. Uh, Andre Andres Munoz has shown some stuff, but has obviously had some struggles here and there as well. Uh, but the Mariners, you know, we talked about it. They they needed to do something. And uh, you mentioned uh, sending Steckham Ryder down as, as something that they could do uh, on uh, Wednesday's episode as, as something that, you know, maybe they could do to just shake things up and, and send a jolt into this team a little bit uh, by sending down a, a more prominent name, a more noteworthy name uh, in this organization right now. So, um, yeah, so so what do you think about the decision to move on from Steckenrider? Well, not really move on. He's still in the organization. They can still call him up when, when they want to. He had two options, minor league options remaining. But uh, what do you think about the move to to send him down here? And uh, do you think that sends maybe a message to this group at all? I think I, I hope so. I mean, Steckenrider's making $3 million this year, and mm-hmm. the Mariners sent him to the minors, to the bus league. So. Um, I would hope that would serve as some kind of wake up call, but again, ultimately guys just have to play better. Like it, it really mm-hmm. is as much as we say, well, maybe that's, that's the turnaround point. Maybe that, well, it could be if they magically start to play better, uh, you know, as a res- maybe not even as a result, maybe it just, they're a better team than we think. And then they start to play better just because they're, they're more talented than they're performing right now. So certainly hope that's the case. Um, I think it's a move that had to be done. Um, you know, ultimately going from him to Elias, you probably didn't really upgrade much uh, as much as I like Rowanis. Um, he, pretty much you trust him to do the same thing you would trust Stecken Rider to do right now, which is not a lot. So what's, you know, it's just, it's kind of a lateral move at most, but, uh, Hey, you know, I like Rowanis. He's seems like a good guy. And, and, you know, there's certainly the possibility that he's, helpful uh-huh. and he's an upgrade but uh yeah there, there's not a ton of value going from second rider to elias it's just kind of a, a lateral move but it is you know if nothing else it's it's a wake-up call that you know hey just because you're making some money on this team doesn't mean we won't replace you yeah so as you mentioned rowiness elias uh called up he has his contract selected by the Mariners because he, he was not added to the 40-man roster when he was brought up for the Toronto series. That was an exemption uh, made uh, or exception made uh, by Major League Baseball uh, because Steckenrider could not make the trip due to uh, vaccine-related reasons. So uh, he was not a member of the 40-man roster, and clearly uh, the 10-day rule with sending guys down uh, and then bringing them back up for uh, non-injuries does not apply to Elias because of of his special exemption as well. Uh, So, yeah, so this is his first time actually on the Mariners 40-man roster uh, since he was uh, traded uh, a couple of years ago uh, to to Washington back in 2019. So, um, yeah, getting Elias back, I mean... You know, you obviously talked about why why you like him, uh, just kind of as as a person, as a as a player. You know, he's been with the Mariners what three times now, three different stints with the with the Mariners organization, maybe even four. Um, so, uh, what what do we what are we getting out of this version of Rowena Elias, who's now a pure reliever? Tough to say, really. Only saw him pitch the one time. Um, 
you know, he's always been fastball curveball and mixing the change up a little bit. Um, yeah. it, it seems to be that's still his go-to. Uh, what you're really getting from Elias is you're getting some versatility. Again, he is a guy who can go multiple innings. He is a guy who can come in and get the last out of like the sixth inning with a guy on second. Um, but he's really just not a guy who has the the stuff anymore to be really a high leverage guy. But, you know, Steckenrider never really had good stuff anyways. I, I think people, they look at Steckenrider's ERA and they're like, oh my God, he was amazing last year. And he, he was pretty good, don't get me wrong, but didn't miss a ton of bats, didn't strike guys out, had some walks. Like, Steckenrider just a middle reliever at the end of the day. And, and Elias, I think, could, be, could do that. Um, he's been okay in Tacoma. He had a couple bad outings that kind of inflated his overall numbers. But it's still going to be fastball curveball from Elias. And uh, hopefully he throws strikes and, and quality strikes because if he can do that, then he's an upgrade, albeit probably a minor one, over, over Steck. Because Steck just couldn't throw quality strikes uh, at mm. this point. So we'll see what he gets, uh, what he can give the Mariners. I, at, at the very least, he gives you some length. He does. He, does, he can give you, you know, an inning and a third, two innings, maybe even three innings uh, if the situation were to call for it. But uh, – you know, it's worth noting he's coming off of Tommy John, and you never really know what you're going to get on a day-to-day basis with guys the first year off of their Tommy John surgery. So we'll see what they get from him. But yeah, it's, it's fastball, it's curveball, it's low 90s fastball. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big curveball, and, and hope for the best and uh, and see if that plays because what do you have to lose? Yeah, and frankly, I mean, how much worse could he be than Drew Steckenrider if all things fall apart here? So, because uh, mm-hmm. Rider has been, uh, I mean, yeah, he's been a disaster. Quite frankly, I was, I was, I was like, eh, is disaster a little too strong of a word there? No, considering what he was last year, going into this year, uh, and what he's been this year, um, yeah, it's been more or less a disaster for Drew Steckenrider, uh, but. Seems like the Mariners might be getting more reinforcements on the way, potentially with the, with Ken Giles is starting to ramp up, ramp back up here. Um, but he still seems like he's uh, at least a few weeks away from from getting back with the major league team. So uh, there's still a ways to go until it happens, and and therefore once again we're going to say it again. I know we're a broken record, but the Mariners need to look outside of the organization here to get better. It's the only way that they're going to be able to do it. They could not do it internally. The the Mariners are not going to significantly improve just off of what they have right now in the organization. Quite frankly, that's just what it is. That's just the way that it is right now. And uh, you know, again, going back to the discussion last year, or uh, you know, a couple second segments ago about uh, who's to blame. I mean. Some of it is uh, the you know ignoring the depth, and some of it is just players not performing, and that's certainly been the case with uh, with the bullpen, which you know that was a that was the main reason, uh, or at least one of the main reasons last year that the Mariners were able to win as many games as they did and as many close games as they did, and now they're not able to pull those games off because, or frankly, they're not even able to keep games close because they don't have a, you know a, an above average to an elite bullpen. They are below average considerably. They have maybe two guys that they can really trust right now out of the bullpen. Hopefully, you know, Elias can surprise us here and, and maybe be a, another guy that they can actually lean on um, over the uh, over the summer. Hopefully he sticks. It would be nice to see because I, uh, like you, I am also a, a pretty big fan of Rowanus Elias. Uh, but that's going to do it for our show. 
Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball all day and we will see you on monday